0: You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hey, hello
1: everybody. This is Steffi for the Metal and High Heels podcast. And um, yeah, today we are here um, with all of us. Pia and Kiki are here with me today too. And we want to talk with you about festival alternatives due to Corona pandemic. And, um, yeah, of course, uh, this summer there wasn't anything possible, um, of, yeah, live concerts and festivals. And so lots of people looking for alternatives. And, uh, that's what we want to talk about today. Yes, we checked out some of them, not all of them,
2: but we thought about some alternatives for live shows, for example, a drive-in cinema or some bands do streaming from clubs or from somewhere else. Some do acoustic shows on Instagram, on YouTube live. There are a lot of possibilities and bands are really creative at the moment, but not only bands do something to bring us live music in some way. Also, some festivals um, started very cool stuff this year for us. Um, In this podcast, we also mentioned the Wacken Worldwide several times, I think. That was what Wacken Festival did. And um, Tuska also did something that Kiki will tell us more about now.
0: Yes, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Yes, Tuska Utopia is the name of this travel show meets live performance. And it's a really new concept that apparently came out, um, obviously, due to the global pandemic. But it, it combines both the the showing of uh, really cool places in Finland, as well as showing us um, Finnish metal bands performing. So it's actually a pretty, pretty new uh, concept. It's not what we have seen before. And right now, um, the first season is out. That's what they're calling it. Um, It's three different episodes with three different bands, obviously, and in three different locations. And um, we have watched two of them, and we will tell you all about it um, in a second. But first, I, I, I think I would. We should like start at the beginning of things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there was twenty twenty, and we got a
0: pandemic. <laughs> it was twenty twenty. The year was two thousand and twenty, <laughs> and suddenly nobody could go to a concert. And I think the first, the first thing that bands started doing was just like everybody who was working from home, they were streaming from home, doing performances in their living rooms and showing that to the world through social media, right? Yes, on the one hand, they played shows in the
2: living room and streamed that, but they also did other stuff. So some bands do chats, with their fans these days a lot so that they say we are online every Wednesday at 6pm and you can join us in our live stream and chat with us and stuff like that. So bands are really creative these days. And some of them also do Twitch shows, but that's something that you know more about than I do. (laughs) Yeah, but that's, that's how it started. And Unfortunately, some bands also decided very early to postpone their releases so that they can—they are sure that they can go on tour. But um, for those who had to cancel the shows that were about to be there, I think a lot of them just did this, what you just mentioned. They, they streamed from their own homes and <laughs> they did band home office.
0: Has
2: anybody watched
0: any of those uh, live streams?
2: Yes, I sometimes watch what the number zero does because I think they also did it before the pandemic and now these days they do it more often, that they stream from their their band practice room.
0: Steffi, have you you been watching any kind of live performance? Mm, No, not really. Maybe per accident, if I scroll down
1: the good old Facebook timeline, but um, no, there was none concert where I thought, okay, I need to <laughs> to watch that. Um, nope.
0: When we got together in the summer, we also watched a few.
2: Yeah, we watched the Wacken Worldwide stuff. That's true. And I also watched at least one concert that was streamed from a club. So that also was the number Zero who um, played in a location in Tokyo where they did concerts before. And um, this time they played there also together with um, with two people who played the traditional Japanese drums. So that was a special show uh, streamed live on YouTube. And there was also, a, I think, a PayPal link where you could contribute to the club. So they did it. I think the deal was they were allowed to play a concert in the club and um, people who wanted to give some money, um, they could give it directly to the club to support it. That was a cool
1: thing, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think that's maybe also one of the best things that you support both club or location venue and the artist. Because without a venue, the artist has no place. place to act, place to play, and um, also very important that they can, yeah, keep them alive. And I remember I watched one live stream. <laughs> it was uh, Mirkur played a few songs live in an acoustic set of a latest album. That's what I watched.
2: Mm. I also read about a band who did... Something that I think is really cool, but since I wasn't interested in the band so much, I didn't watch it also. Um, They streamed or they pre-recorded the concert. Then they streamed it and you were able to chat with them during the concert. Or they did a video chat afterwards. I'm not sure, but they did something um, that was also only open for some fans who paid money for that. So they could watch the stream of the concert and then they could also interact with the band. So like you go to the merch booth and talk to them after the show. So I think that's pretty cool to do something like that, to not only stream the concert, but also um, use the possibility to interact with your fans. What I think is pretty weird And what I would never go to are the drive-in cinema concerts. So when you have to go to the concert with your car and you stay in the car and can watch the show being in your car. And I can also tell you why I would never go there. Because for me it's pure classism. You have to have a car or have access to a car to be able to go to that show. And I'm pretty sure that the tickets are pretty expensive because... You can only let in a few cars because obviously when you are at a parking lot and you are very much behind, then you can see nothing. So it doesn't make sense to let in so many people to the concert. So very expensive tickets and you have to have a car to go there. You have to have a specific age so that you're allowed to drive there with your car. And all these things, ugh, I I don't like it. I would never go there. I can understand when bands do that because they want to do something, they want to play live. I can also understand when fans say, okay, I want to see this band and I have a car and I can afford the ticket. It's totally okay if you go there, but I don't like it at all. For me, it would be, I would never ever go to a drive-in cinema show.
0: I've never been to a drive-in anything. So I would... Totally want to see what it, what it's like. I've actually heard pretty good stuff, uh, pretty good comments about that. I don't personally know anybody who has been at a at a drive-in show, but I think uh, I've heard podcasts where people talk about that, and uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Like people uh, apparently climb onto the roofs of their uh, cars and start mushing out etc <laughs> so or or they or they drive in there in um mini buses and um yeah and like park the wrong way so to speak so that <laughs> you can have this kind of tiny uh living room maybe <laughs> in the in the car so to speak So it actually, I think it's also about the experience, you know. Um, It's kind of that uh, maybe a bucket list item thing or a fear of missing out thing. Um, I mean, I would love to be able to say, hey, I went to to a drive-in show in 2020.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can also imagine that it's pretty cool. Also, long distance calling wanted to do a drive-in show, um, it wasn't allowed, or they weren't allowed in the end to do so. But they are mostly um, an instrumental band, and they use a lot of visuals for the music. So I think that would be a cool thing to watch. But again, for me, it's not a problem that you can have a drive-in show. But if I compare it to the cinema, um, you can also go to the drive-in cinema and watch a movie. To do that, you also need to have a car. And I don't know how expensive tickets are, but only people who can afford a car or who are able to spend money on um, on borrowing a car are able to go there. But you still have the normal cinemas, you have the the pretty expensive cinemas but you also have the small cinemas and it's still the same movie so for me if a band would say we do this drive-in shows but we also play normal shows in smaller clubs that would also be okay for me but since not everybody has a car and not everybody has access to a car or can afford a car I don't like it for me it's not a good thing but again, no offense. If somebody wants to go there, and if bands do that, do it. But I'm out.
0: There were, there was also, um, and I think we must add to this that we are in Germany, where not much of that is happening that I am so aware of. There was this um, concept to do music shows in big arenas where people could, could like stick together in smaller groups and have their own, uh, like small place. Um, I, in the summer there were a few concerts here in Dortmund where, uh, it was obviously open air and people sat. Yeah. in like, in like groups of, of, I don't know how many, but smaller groups, and um, didn't so to speak didn't mix with the other people. Um, I didn't go, but that also looked kind of funny. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think it's just interesting to see uh, what everybody comes up with and how people are are trying to to stay afloat the crisis. Yeah,
2: what I found interesting, um, and I looked that up because I was wondering, I saw that Bodom After Midnight, the band that came out of Children of Bodom, they played a concert in Finland, in Helsinki, not so many days ago. And um, it was an inside show. So they are allowed, or they were allowed at the moment, to play with less audience so that not so many people are allowed in the club. Um, Yeah, so that they can (laughs) uh, they can use the space that is there. Probably they don't do it. So maybe this idea doesn't work. (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, in some countries it's allowed to play maybe smaller clubs or big clubs but with less audience. Yes. That's, That's something that I think I would go to because I can decide myself whether I want to go in front of the stage or whether I will use this huge space <laughs> where nobody else is and just watch the show. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I th- still I think it wouldn't work because too many people would go to the front of the stage like in every normal concert. I can't imagine that it works. Maybe Or I think it will be another super spreader e- event.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm very skeptical of that too.
2: What I also think is weird, um, when we watched the Wacken Worldwide stuff, there were also some shows streamed from previous years. Yeah. So nothing new. They just had it. They just could have released it at any time, I think. So hmm, I don't know. I wouldn't count that as, as an alternative to concerts because it could just grab a live DVD that I have and put it in my PlayStation 4 and then watch it. So there is no difference to that. But if they do something new, like, um, for example, the creator show that we watched, I see a point in there these days.
1: Yes, definitely. I think the Wacken Worldwide shows uh, um, quite good, well-made Yeah, there was definitely lots of fun to watch them. And yeah, I think we talked already in detail in a further episode. So yeah, I want to switch to Tuska. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) all right. Or do you have anything to add
2: (laughs) to other concepts? Uh, No, I don't have anything to add. I have some questions for you <laughs> okay. what you think about some topics but we can do that in the end of the podcast I think it's more interesting when we talk about Tuska first okay but keep it in mind
1: <laughs> yes yeah Tuska um, Kiki you interviewed uh, the CIO of the event and yeah we will also put the interview with him at the end of this podcast episode so you can listen to uh, listen for yourself yes Tosca Utopia, would, would you like to describe it, Kiki?
0: We just started watching it. I think we can just uh, go into detail of the of the first episodes that are already out and we've already watched. Today is November 22nd and the first episode premiered on Friday the 13th, November 13th, with Turmion Katilot. and... They played at uh, Suvilati in Helsinki, where the festival normally takes place. Um, It was at a part of the venue that is normally not accessible. So that was pretty fun to see, to to have like a venue we might know. All, All three of us have been there before, but also have a... Have a peek into somewhere we had never been.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think the idea was really cool to say, let's go to where the festival would have happened this year and um, to get some of the Tusca vibes. Because when I saw this gas keeping thing <laughs> where they played in, it was only the ruins of it. Um, I automatically thought, oh, I want to go to Tusca now. <laughs> And they did something really cool out of it with this Pyro show they did. Um they had a lot of fire all over the place. And yeah, it was it was nice. I think that was a really, really good idea to put the first concert at the Suvilati
0: venue. Yeah, and that also made it um in Helsinki, right? And so that was what the trouble show or the travel part of the show was about um, they showed us a few sightseeing spots in the city and talked about a bit of the the history because the yeah the gasometer where the band played um, they talked about the history of the place a little bit um so this was as i said premiered on Friday but the video was available to stream all weekend long and um that one i did not watch live um so it was actually quite fun to be able to to watch it whenever i
2: think it's weird that they took it offline after the weekend why when I buy the ticket for that, why am I not able to
1: watch it whenever I want? I can imagine that they will put it online again after the last gig or yeah, season. Just an idea. I don't
0: think so.
1: I don't know, but yeah. It would be very, very sad if all that video material is lost (laughs) yeah it was such a good quality and so much effort uh to realize that um and if that was just for yeah for one weekend to look at it would be sad that is true
0: i think i think though that that gives the whole thing a bit more of exclusivity and also it's kind of like a real festival you know you have the ticket for a festival, but the, t- but the festival takes place. You can hold the ticket all year long, but it will take place on this specific weekend. Weekend.
2: Yeah, but on the other hand, there was so much around that wasn't festival-like. So, for example, what you just mentioned, that they um, told us something about the venue and there was another, um, another part where they told us something about Helsinki City and they they put it in the middle of the concert. So I think they played or they showed us one song and then they told us something about the Suvilati venue. And that, for me, destroyed this feeling of a concert. Because when I want to watch a concert, I want to watch a concert. And if they give me additional material, what they also do on DVDs sometimes, then I can watch this before or after the concert, but I don't want to interrupt the gig then watch this bonus material and then continue watching the gig for me that was really really weird and so i wouldn't count that as a as a kind of festival experience because of this that's what i also wrote in the in my concert in my life review which you can read on metal-and-highheels.com together with with your reports or with the report of um, battle beast already and then later with the Apocalyptica report by steffi uh,
1: what do you thought about the interview and that little yeah like sightseeing <laughs>
2: video <laughs> i think the idea is really cool but as i mentioned i don't want to have this in the middle of the gig after the gig perfect but not in the middle of the concert I don't want my concert to be interrupted by anything. <laughs> not, um, not even if I sit on my sofa and watch the show on my TV. I want to watch the show and not an interview. If I want to watch an interview, then I go for watching an interview.
1: Yeah, I can understand. And about the the content itself? Well, there were some... Well, obviously they had to
2: make it about the festival somehow. And I think the... The question with the utopia was really cool when they asked um what would be your utopia or your utopia moment <laughs> and um one of the guys said imagine everybody has an orgasm at the same time <laughs> yeah
1: that was super funny <laughs> yes
2: that was a cool answer yeah yeah it, it was okay so what would you do you, many people around the world might not know the bands So you can't go into further detail, even if you just want to keep it short. So what they did was totally okay. But again, don't put it in the middle of the gig. I'm really (laughs) pissed about that, (laughs) as you might have noticed.
0: (laughs) A little bit. I kind of got the feeling you didn't like it. (laughs) Not in the way
2: it turned out to be. The idea itself was really cool.
1: Yeah because I was a little bit um disappointed of the Battle Beast interview there was a little bit uh, pfft, I, I don't know just without any meaning. I like Battle Beast because I think they are very um yeah they're a f- very funny band, ironic band. Um yeah they have a <laughs> their own kind of humor. That's what I like about them. But at that interview it was just a little bit awkward somehow. I can't describe it. It was so it was a little bit too short, like there were three uh, band members and everybody answered the question with a one sentence and there was just not not like talking so much. It was more just like a short, okay, let's do a five minute interview just so we have an interview, <laughs> but w- without any content. And that was annoying and disappointing for me you also thought that or yeah i understand
2: why you didn't enjoy watching the interview but i can understand why they did it because i did something similar for the rock hearts festival here in germany and we also because we did it for the festival itself we wanted to include something about the festival in the interview and we also didn't want it to make it so long so we we also um cut it down to I don't know about five minutes and there was also a question about the festival itself. So obviously it was not for the fans who like Battle Beast a lot and know everything about the band and stuff like that. It was just to promote also the the Tuska Utopia idea and the Tusca Utopia Festival and to add something about the band itself for those maybe who don't know the band so good because as I understand it is also a kind of promotion for Finland itself and also for Finnish bands yes but anyway um if you know the band if you know a lot of facts about the band you don't get anything new out of interviews like this
1: yeah maybe I think then I need to watch it again but it with that point of view but uh, for me it was more like um...
2: of course interviews that are longer about 30 or 60 minutes especially when they are in a podcast that you can take away (laughs) with you and listen to whenever you want to those are best
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that was episode one and this weekend was the premiere of Battle Beasts episode and That happened or that took place. They performed. They performed. That's a better way to put it. They performed in a forest in Finland at a place that was it was it had a really interesting story. It was a stone castle that was made by one woman alone. And it was this monument to her determination. And um, that was actually pretty interesting. The whole travel show part um, showed us beautiful forest landscapes and also uh, gave us some pretty cool information as well.
2: I think that the venue was really cool, The battle where they put the Battle Beast um, performance.
1: Yeah, the birches were so amazing and all the light shows within the trees, that was just wow. And they also had that, um, yeah, bird perspective. I don't know if you can mm-hmm. say they like use that. They used drones, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And there was a what the fuck? Um, yeah, there was a huge light, uh, light show all around them, all around the band. And, um, yeah, I thought about all the deers who were a little bit scared probably (laughs) um but yeah definitely amazing and impressive um yeah and it uh, fits very very well to battle beast and their music yeah made it even more pathetic (laughs) than it already is (laughs) but that's okay
0: they also performed and this is a common thing that we had seen with all of the or with other uh kinds of virtual shows um battle beast needed the reaction from the audience um you know nora kept kept the parts of her performance where she uh, tells the audience to sing along and and stuff like that and there was nobody um i can imagine i don't know the roadies and the techs um well going wild <laughs> But at some point she like um, literally told the guitarist to sing with her, to sing along with her because it was just too annoying, I guess. That was really, really, um, I don't know, it, it took me back to reality. And also another little annoying thing that took me back to reality, well, not that, not that the encouraging people to sing along was annoying because I was clapping in the middle of the song, even though I was watching at my computer. Um, like after every song. Um, One tiny technical detail that really annoyed me was that the editing of the video was sometimes a little bit weird. Like Nora had her arm outstretched upwards and the next second her arm was in a completely different position. And and the, the 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 audio fit and the singing fit but i don't know if they did multiple takes or something but there's no way she could have moved that fast
2: yeah, yeah so they obviously did it several times
0: yes that was i was i was paying really close attention and by the way i uh, i watched that one live or or yeah <laughs> live in uh, in air quotes, because obviously the performance was taped beforehand and um, made into this whole show, right? Um, But the premiere part is actually the, the cool thing that makes it a kind of live stream. And so there was a chat on the website where people were actually writing There were people from saying hello from the UK, from Brazil, from the US, from Germany, from Finland as well. Um, They were approximately 370 people watching at the same time from all over the world. Um, And they were actually also celebrating the the songs and the performance and... um, and there were people from Semi Live as well. Who uh, Semi Live is the platform that is uh, where the, the the shows are all uh, hosted, so to speak. And so they were also very friendly, welcoming everybody and encouraging them to to interact with each other. So that was actually pretty cool. I also watched it um, with a friend. We were um, video chatting, so that was. A, really different experience than when I watched Turmion uh, Katilot my, on my couch, alone, <laughs> at <laughs> yeah, a different time.
2: It <laughs> makes it a bit less DVD-like, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it makes it a bit more of the, of the experience of sharing this experience with more people. Mm. I did feel connected as a metal community with more people than just myself. I didn't feel as as isolated anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was that was really cool. Um that was that is a thing I think worth mentioning. Um it was through that chat also that I learned that the show was actually recorded in September. Oh, ah,
1: okay. September. <laughs> that's um Quite a long time ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, somebody asked, um, the trees look so green. Isn't it fall already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good Makes point.
2: Sense, yeah, good point.
0: <laughs> yes, that's how, that's how people noticed, apparently. Another thing that, that, that took me back to reality, so to speak, was <laughs> I was, you know, sitting here at my uh, computer uh, in my gaming chair and everything, and I was like, hmm, if this were my favorite band... I would be standing up, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was that was a little bit weird. Um, it was more difficult to headbang sitting up. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed Battle Beasts uh, episode.
1: Yeah, I did also, um, and I missed. Yeah, missed them live. I watched them. I think now three years ago. At yeah, at the real Tusca <laughs> and oh shit. I just remembered that uh that gig and I um still noticed that I told to Pia once upon a time, Wow, that's such a fucking amazing life band and one of my favorites I would say. And yeah, I just remembered that point yesterday and <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I want to headbang, but that was a little bit too weird to do it alone in my room. <laughs> there was no mosh pit. <laughs> do you
2: mosh alone sometimes?
1: Mm, yeah, but not if uh, there's a video that make it makes it even more <laughs> <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <So awkward. laughs> but yeah, of course, I need to train my, my neck muscles, of course.
2: <laughs> yeah. I can tell you something embarrassing about my youth. <laughs> Dude. I really used to train headbanging because when I was at my first concert, I was headbanging all the time. So for the whole hour and the neck pain was so, so, so horrible that I thought, okay, what can I do to not have this extreme neck pain? Because I went to a lot of concerts of bands from my area here. And so I really did that. I did headbanging five minutes per day to train my neck muscles <laughs>
1: that's <Yeah>. amazing <laughs> i love you <laughs> but yeah yeah that's definitely amazing. it's it's so important and i also noticed also if i do headbanging alone in my room just just for fun because i i feel it <laughs> um <laughs> If then I'm on a concert and there's so fucking much more emotion, energy, and so also the headbang is much harder than in my room. That's always too much. And after that, it's also fuck, hurts. Uh, Yeah, next day is mostly worse than (laughs) than the day itself. I can tell you what works
2: pretty well. Um, You have to dry your hair with with the mosh pit yes. or with <laughs> with head banging.
1: Yeah, definitely that that's best technique.
2: Because of the weight, the hair weights much more when there is water in it, mm. and so. But it's very difficult to find a place where you can do that,
1: <laughs> because so, everything is wet afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you can first use a towel and then do it. Also saves energy. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the third episode that will um, close the first Tuska Utopia season is Apocalyptica. And that one is going to uh, be premiered this coming Friday, November 27th at 9 p.m. finish time. And um, yes, I will include in the show notes a link to obviously everything. <laughs> but also a link to our uh, report about all these episodes and to where you can get the tickets to this show if you want to be part of that experience and uh, obviously you can find the show notes at metal-end-highheels.com slash podcast 79
1: yeah and i'm looking forward to the live event. That's that's my <laughs> live event um of these three seasons. And yeah, they will play Apocalyptica will play at uh, church ruins, I think they wrote yeah, yeah. ruins of church of St. Michael. Okay, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Is there anything else to
2: to add about the Tusca Utopia stuff?
3: Mm -mm.
0: but pia you also had questions for
2: yeah i got some questions for you because i'm really interested in what you think about it um the first thing is what will happen after COVID 19 because i can imagine especially bands who do something out of the living room or play or stream their show somehow i can imagine that they say well if we don't play a tour, if we don't go on tour, but we want to do something to stay in touch with our fans, well, let's just do a digital show on Saturday or whatever. So do you think that bands will do stuff like this in the future, even if they could go on tour
1: for the times when they don't have a tour schedule? I think it definitely depends on the bands. I think mostly um, enjoy it much more, To be on stage to interact with the audience.
2: Yeah, sure. But if you, when you release an album, then you go on tour and then you have time where you don't, when you are not on tour, but you can still do a digital show in the middle of this time when you are not touring.
1: Like an add on and just uh, for fun. Additional, yes. Yes, okay. Um, Maybe if they have time and money for it I think it's uh, still quite expensive and also takes lots of energy to uh, um, to realize such an idea
0: I think not many will and I think that's a mistake <laughs> yeah. I, I have mentioned this so many times um, because I just find I can't find a better example than Trivium Trivium uh, has been live streaming f- for several years now, and they are doing pretty well in the crisis. All of the, or almost all of the members, no, all of the members, each and every one of the band members from Trivium uh, have their own Twitch channel. They are already making revenue from that. They are earning money with that. Um, they stream how they uh, practice their instruments. They stream games. They just stay in touch with their audience, and people pay to watch that. And when they were allowed to tour, um, when they toured for the scene in the sentence, they uh, used to stream the concerts on on mats. Um, Matifi's uh, Twitch as well. They took this streaming backpack with them and um, and just put it there. And people went crazy in that chat. I went crazy in my bathroom while they were playing. I was getting ready to work in the morning and they were playing late in the US somewhere. And it was a great soundtrack to my getting ready. And they are also making money from that. And that's how they can do something like keep, um, stay very well afloat during a global pandemic where they cannot go out and tour. And they can buy a plane hangar to make their, to turn into their replay, um, rehearsal space. And they can uh, rent an arena to, do a really cool live performance that was watched by so many people around the world. They were one of the first doing this in the pandemic as well. And I think those musicians that are that are uh, discovering Twitch for themselves, there are so many, and other streaming platforms as well, uh, they should stick to that and just make it a new a new source of income and a new source of um, yeah staying in touch with the fans promoting their stuff and just yeah that's that's my in my opinion what they should do but I know that not not many will I don't think <laughs> I agree
1: <laughs> mm. I think we also um, compor- com, um, compared or just talked about different things. Uh, you thought, or you think more about doing both at the same time. So streaming just gigs you already do. <laughs> and I thought about that. Yeah, like, um, yeah, like Tusca Utopia, this, uh, special show just for, for that one purpose, just for the, the live stream. And, um, yeah, that what you tell us, uh, is, I think more realistic to do, uh, yeah, to to put it online, and if you're already on the stage and play, so you can also stream it. That's definitely more realistic to do. But I think also lots of uh, more work, of course, for them because yeah, if they they need to interact in the digital world with the fans, they need to react in the real world um, with fans at merch uh, merch stands and so on.
0: Yes, and it's also not only about, about the bands, as we were just talking about uh, Tuska Utopia. Um, in the interview that you will listen to in a moment, um, the CEO of Tusca, Eka Mekinen, also said that that's probably just going to be um, or that he would like to 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 keep doing it, to keep making Tuska Utopia um, long term, and I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like just different. It doesn't it doesn't replace the real thing, but it also doesn't try to. It's just something different that can happen um, parallel to the rest. And uh, that's the thing. I think that that we should totally say when we are talking about uh, alternatives to live shows. It's not exactly a replacement because nothing will replace a real concert or a real festival. Never ever. But we also don't want a replacement. We want to be able to go back to festivals but meanwhile we can also very much enjoy these kinds of other things that people are putting out. True. Um, next question.
2: Do you think there will be the comeback of a DVD?
0: No. In streaming form? Yes, not in physical form maybe?
1: Yeah, okay. So, But I think the concept of DVD is old and dead and um, nowadays you have streaming platforms and yeah video platforms i also thought about just grabbing
2: some of my live dvds that are years old (laughs) and just re-watch them and then i thought okay why if you do a stream you can give it a try putting that on a dvd with a nice cover and stuff and just see how it turns out
1: that's right, but do you think um, people will buy it if they have also the opportunity to to stream it somewhere? Not stream like live stream, but uh, yeah, watch a video stream in the internet.
2: Mm, because especially in the metal scene, there are many people who collect everything by the band that they like. And so I think they would also buy a DVD, especially when there is bonus material on it that you cannot watch in the stream. For example, the long version of the Tuska interviews. (laughs) If there are long versions of them or something else. So you can put behind-the-scenes material on it and stuff like that. So I thought about maybe that's that's the comeback of the music DVD. And I have the impression that bands... I'm very happy about that. I have the impression that bands put a lot of effort these days into their music videos and they produce more music videos now because they have the time for it and they need to do it to make people aware that they are out there and release new music. So do you think there is the comeback of the real music video?
1: Instead <laughs> of lyric videos? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> i hope so i hope so much for it uh because there's i think that's the best way to um to present to show your music in that visual way not only um the music itself the yeah audio version <laughs> so to speak um but also to yeah to underline it with um yeah pictures and videos and that's so important and makes it a whole artwork so yeah i hope definitely that there will become or not, not become that there will be more high quality music videos also in the future also after pandemic and
0: yeah <sighs> that gives me hope <laughs> <laughs> yes and uh that was that was our show yes (laughs) um oh but we have uh pia has something to plug before we go over to listening to my conversation with um eka Mekinen, the ceo of of tusca festival yeah yeah you have something
2: (laughs) i you're talking with
0: other people should we be jealous
2: (laughs) (laughs) no you shouldn't Um, yes, I, w- I want to promote my new podcast, which is called Pommesgabel. Mm-hmm. Pommesgabel, Pommesgabe, if you translate it into English, it, it stands for the metal horns. But if you would translate it word by word, it's a fry fork. So the fork that you eat your fries with, because it looks like the metal horns. And that's why here in Germany, we call that sign the Pommesgabel. Um, I did it together with two friends of mine Marcel and Jakob from the German online magazine PowerMetal.de and um, what we do there mostly or what we planned to do mostly is that we talk about the soundcheck that they do because they listen to a lot of music during a month it's 25 up to 30 albums that they listen to and then um, they rate everyone, uh, every single one of them. And in the end there is a, a winner, a soundcheck winner. And of course also the other albums are rated by all of the people who listened to them. And we talk about the top three or the top five, always depends on how many albums are on the top five and top three and about the last three albums. And then we pick some releases that we think are worth talking about. And yeah, that's what we basically do in the soundcheck episodes. But we also do interviews and um, talk about other topics. So there is a lot to come. There is, There are already some episodes out there. Not all of them are in German. Most of them obviously are. But yeah, just if you understand German, <laughs> feel free to also subscribe to that podcast and um, if you don't understand German there are still some episodes in English that you are also very welcome to listen to.
0: Exactly and now that you mention it yes uh, we are also on every uh, podcast platform so I will link to Pia's uh, new podcast in the show notes as well and well You know what to do. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or or on Apple Podcasts. That's what it's called now. On Apple Podcasts and uh, wherever you listen to this show.
2: You can also listen to the show now on YouTube.
0: Yes, there's something new there as well. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yes. And thank you so much for listening.
1: Yeah, thank you. And yeah. We will listen to you in two weeks once again.
0: (laughs) All right. Now enjoy our talk with Tuska CEO Eka McKinnon about Tuska Festival, about this weird year of 2020 and about how Tuska Utopia was made.
2: And also how he became the CEO.
0: Yes. Yeah, you can. You learn a lot about
2: him as a person and as Kiki said about the Tuska Festival all right then enjoy and bye bye bye
0: hey everybody i am um, uh, i have the pleasure to talk to eka Mekinen today the ceo of tuska how are you doing today
3: hey nice nice to be here thank you i'm feeling quite quite good tomorrow is is our uh, big day for us so it's, it's basically same feeling that always we have just like one day before the festival starts so oh, really, it's so good yeah really really excited and uh sort of a good feeling on the stomach
0: <laughs> yeah I betcha um but let's not yet uh go (laughs) forward with all of the good news and everything, because um, we were just saying that we've actually met before shortly, um, and my colleague Pia talked to you at Tuska in 2017. Um, So on that interview, you didn't tell us much about your background, though. Can we talk a little bit about what you do and or did professionally before Tuska?
3: Yeah, sure. Let's do that.
0: So you've been the CEO since two thousand and fifteen, right?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. That that's uh, two thousand and fourteen. I think it was fourteen, something like that. So a uh, uh, personal like, like six years from, from now. So this year wouldn't be my would have been my sixth duska as as a CEO here and and, and also as a festival director. The previous 10 years before that, I was in uh, Nosturi, which is a 1,000 capacity venue in Helsinki. Actually, it's now teared down, but, but it used to be they, they were on the same size in Tabastia, which is a famous legendary club in Helsinki. And basically the same size was, was Nostri. So I was a program manager there. So what I did uh, was basically, I, I was booking the bands in, in there. We had like like 200 nights per year. It was super fun, and uh, before that, the eight years before that, I was also booking bands in one club in in small small city in in Finland called Vasa. Uh, that was Club Twenty Five, and that 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 was basically the eighteen years of my life I've been booking bands in a club. And the last six years, I, I I've been I've been doing festivals, so out, you know outdoor things. So it's it's. is the first time of my life that I don't have uh, any any keys on my pocket to some club and that feels weird that's something that I'm I'm, I miss about you know because there's always when you're you know you have a restaurant or you have a club it's somewhere it's, it's sort of your second family and the like daily office isn't isn't the same thing it's not the same thing at all sure
0: yeah I can imagine
3: and of course on the club clubs you see every night you see the people why are you doing it? While, you know see the happy faces on the front row. there's something that gives you back quite much. But if you're doing a festival it's, it's basically you do that whole year round and then you just got the three days it goes like Phew! so so there's there's a lot of pressure for those three days because that's the only only point that you're doing you know the whole year.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a very good point. I don't think I had ever thought about that.
3: Now I feel like I'm I'm sad of my situation, but I'm not. It's super cool to do festivals, but that's something that I I miss about is is on the club scene that you see people.
0: And how has the experience of uh, managing Tuska been?
3: It's been a really cool ride. If if um when I started, you know, the festival was doing it was doing well, but it could have been. Being more health, even better. And uh, when I came in, the 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 organization says that you know they wanted the CEO that they need to hold down, and and that that was a key point for me. I needed you know ch- something must be changed for for Tuska. It's always been a good 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 festival. It always have a really good reputation, and I, I have booked bands. I've been begging for bands, you know for to Tusca and uh it's really familiar festival to me before even i started here but but i needed there was something to do with the with the like cooperation partnerships and and something more experienced to the to the customers and that was the key points that i i saw that that needs to be you know done a bit, bit bit more give more effort for that and uh since it's an old festival, it's been around quite quite many years since '98. So so basically, you don't want to do everything on on one year. I, I, I didn't want to come in and, and you know be a, as a new festival manager that changed everything. But but I saw it, you know that in fifth five years we're gonna do this and this and that and and we started immediately on the first summer and it's been good i think we started for like a couple of thousand people in three days and last last summer we had like forty-five thousand people so so or last year i must say not last summer unfortunately but last year we had we had that so it's, it's been growing but still keep the all the cooliness that that small genre festival has in my opinion which is which is really (laughs) of course just from my side hopefully you can feel the same
0: yeah i agree i mean um both have its charm, right? Those huge, massive festivals uh, with people from all over the world and huge uh, acts are also uh, cool. But yes, like, seeing the more familiar faces in a smaller festival uh, also has a lot of charm.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think that too. There's something, you know, that if we would have Metallica and Iron Maiden and Rammstein playing, it, 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 would, it wouldn't be Tuska. So, so there's a certain limit where, where we, we want to grow. But then there is a sort of a limit that before after that it goes too big and then it's not a genre festival. Because it, it's a sort of a cult where people come in and everybody can, can feel you know, similarity to the, to the other, other metal fans on the audience. But then, when you go bigger, you're, you're twenty thousand people per day. You 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 don't feel the same. There there are a lot of people on on different you know
0: wavelengths. What? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's a strange strange you know it's it's a strength for, for for our for our business that it's focused on on metal scene, not not just white rock.
0: I was there in two thousand eighteen. And I was actually uh, really impressed, um, not only by the, as you say, like the, the festival is still big, but it's still uh, familiar and, uh, and super friendly. And also I was, I really liked like the extras that no other festival has, for example, the discussion panels. That I was a big fan of that one. <laughs> Who comes up with all of these ideas? Is that you, who has been developing all of that in the past few years
3: uh yeah yeah I have passed the ball on that one but then there are a lot of people who take the ball and 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 you know start and and you know ex- explore it a bit more and and we have last few years our designer Yannika Ariane, she's just a, she's just genius so so a lot of ideas we, we, we come up with with the whole group or i talk with Jenny and, and then you know that it expands a bit and and then we can finally you know hook up some cooperators who who to operate with then we had a lot of new things coming up for for this summer which was sort of a you know that that this is this is going to be the the biggest thing on every corner of tusca or, or not the biggest but the best and and all that so it's it's been it's been improving every year and uh i'm glad that you 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 mentioned about the you know the it, Solomon sorry solid stage where we had the, the, the panels and all that and and because because that's something that that me, my myself, when I go to the festival, you know, there there are a lot of other things than bands that I, I want to see. Of course, the bands are are on on the focus, but but still, you know, you can have a relaxed three days that you can just thrown into a different world, all 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 of you know somehow related to to metal scene.
0: Yes, and it also. Uh, fits the interests of metalheads. It's not like metalheads only like metal music and that's what we do 100% of our time. I remember there was also the exhibition of the uh, Belzebub's comic that had gone viral and is getting even bigger and bigger and was actually also on the lineup for this year. So that was also a nice thing to see that it was already kind of part of, or or being, it was part of Tuska in 2018, it was being already uh, integrated into the the scene, um, which was also very important for the band
3: to grow. Yeah, yeah. Nice that you point out that. I don't know which one take the advantage advantage of Hugh on that thing, because we we didn't know that there's going to be a band with Beelzebub's, and and of course we saw that it was going viral already then, and and we we called him, you know, do you want to draw a couple of pictures to for, for our marketing into this we had the street campaign that was thrown by beelzebu and and they were guessing on the on the comics on the stripes they said you know guessing the bands and we were giving some hints about like I, th- I think we had uh, Gojira playing yeah and, and and there was sort of a like like <laughs> like on, on the picture and and, and, and it, it was sort of a hint that something gonna come up it was really fun and then suddenly on, on on our our fans love it and beelzebub fans love it and and on 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 the campaign we just said to to this, this destroyer guy that you know you should make a band out of this you know you should make it as a real band <laughs> it just started smiling and i said oh my god you are taking advantage you have already banned and now you're using us as a campaign <laughs> we thought that it was other way around <laughs> but it was fun though of course and, and, and our promoter is, is his agent basically nowadays and, and wow yeah so
0: oh that's a lovely synergy there
3: yeah yeah it is and, and he's an just... amazing artist he's, he's really good he's a genius indeed everybody yeah, who hasn't fan. been checking you should it's 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 really fun.
0: Yes, we will link that um, in the show notes for the podcast. Um, You were just mentioning also uh, 2019 was a record-breaking festival year for you and you had big plans for 2020. And then, of course, it was followed by the crisis of the pandemic. Um, Can you tell us a little bit what was going on behind the scenes up until the decision? Because I think you were kind of you had hope until the last minute and the decision to postpone and or cancel was very late in comparison to other events and festivals
3: yeah of course we waited we we needed to wait until some authority or government said that it's not allowed to 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 have the event of we we needed to wait that because otherwise of course the all, all the contracts were 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 assigned. You know, you, you cannot just say to the band, said no, you cannot come. Even you know, it's, you need to have the force major situation. So, so in in that sense, we needed to wait at that. But it was sort of um, it was during March that that you know when the it, the pandemic came in. So we basically stopped everything and uh, see what was the situation and and see the plan b plan c but but quite fast we knew that there isn't gonna be plan b or c you know moving the festival to the autumn or you know cut down some foreign nets and doing finished act or doing it smaller capacity or something like that we thought you know it's, it's not gonna happen is, is, is useless, you know, to, to, to make any calculations on, on those plan B's. We thought it's going to be plan A or nothing. So, so it, it, it was a really, really hard moment for all of us because as, as, you, as, as you mentioned, it, it was supposed to be the biggest and, and, and you know, coolest year ever. On lineup-wise, on all the activities, on inside that we we didn't even chance to release it yet. there, there was a lot of new things, one new stage, and and a lot of a lot of things that that we we were really waiting for. And uh, of course, it was a big jump for like like financially that we need to build, you know, grow as a festival. And uh, there's a lot of you know, money involved for doing that as program-wise and on the infrastructure. But we were sky high on the tickets. It was all, of you know, all the figures were exactly what we were aiming for before, you know, the sad pandemic thing came in. So, it, it of course, for us, it took, took a while, you know, to swallow the thing that it's, it's not going to happen. Of course, we were realistic that we, we knew that it's, it's, it's not, it's not going to end well for this summer. But, but still, you know, mentally said that, that all the super cool things that we had it on our hands, the best lineup ever, you know, <laughs> best everything and, and amazing, amazing crew. We made a lot of changes. We had, we had the best crew so far on, on, on the whole whole event and, and suddenly you just need to swallow the truth that it's, it's not going to happen. We're not going to see this day, you know, with this lineup and uh, with these people. So, so yeah, it, it took a while for us as as organization to, you know, to, to say that it's, it's, it's really going to end up like this. But, but as, as soon as we got the, got the information from the government that it's, it's going to be banned for, for summer, we made the release immediately. Immediately, it's just like a couple of minutes after that, we made the decision that that okay, it's, it's to, this year is going to be canceled. Then and uh, we we managed to save some bands from the contract to the to the upcoming twenty one summer now.
0: Oh, not all of them were able to to just get postponed and not canceled completely.
3: Uh, yes, yes. So so we have some lineup already released on for for this summer already then on I think it was like April May this year that 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 we made the cancellation so so we said that these bands going to pl- perform this upcoming summer and of course it was a, it was a hard choice because it was it was like May this year that you need to plan how the pandemic's going to be 21 on the same time. You didn't know, you know, how long it's going to take, what's going to happen with the second wave and, and stuff like that. So it was really early time to make the decision. But we thought, you know, let, let, let's do that. And people, most of the people had want to spend their ticket for for upcoming summer, which was nice, of course, because there was like six months time that you, you couldn't, you know, refound uh, the ticket yeah and uh, most of the people didn't want to refund they want to use the ticket which is super cool for us yeah
0: yeah that must be also um nice to know that uh, your fans are so loyal so to speak
3: yeah 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 exactly yeah we are really really happy about that and uh yeah but but then we we, we stop all the all the engines on the festival and 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 I, I, I would, myself I, I would would have gone mad if if I wouldn't have such a good net of people on the same position, you know, all the festivals, the managers, the agents, the bands, everybody were in the same position. actually all the all the mankind was on the same 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 situation but but we we there, there was a huge safety net on on the on the business, you know everybody called to each other every day. Sometimes you were the shoulder and sometimes the other one was shoulder for you. And you just wanted to talk with people, you know, to get get the old shit done. And uh, I think that that kept us sane during the crazy spring that we had. Whoa! I don't want to even think about that anymore. I just got chilled, you know. Yeah. Of, of those times. <laughs> let's, let's look at. Let's, let's, let's pick
0: up the 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 nicer things. I was about to ask. <laughs> um, how are? What are the, the the silver linings, the positive aspects of this whole situation? Because I mean, for some people, it has it has been a good breather and a break. Um. To. Maybe recharge the batteries as well, and I mean you are bringing a whole new product because we are also today talking about Tusca Utopia, uh, which is a metal performance meets travel show uh, that you put together this year. So uh, tell us about that idea. How did that uh, start?
3: We are not the ones that that charge our batteries and not do <laughs> you know don't do nothing. So so basically. Uh, Right after we, we knew that festival is not gonna happen, we, we started to think what what, what else we're we gonna do. And and we had a lot of questions from from you know, because we organized concerts from the arenas to the small clubs during the year. So so everybody asked, are you gonna do like streaming concerts? Is it gonna be like festival streaming somehow? Is it gonna be something digital? Uh, during, during Tusca weekend or in the summer, we, we thought that we are not gonna do a second version of Tuscar second version of the concerts. There were a lot of platforms that start to do streaming concerts around the world and, and in Finland there were a lot of them from the rehearsaling studios, the rehearsing places to the studios and, and 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 like live performance and streaming and stuff like that. And we thought we're we're not gonna do the same you know when you have a rock club you take the audience away and put the band on stage and and film it uh it's it's, i don't want to say it's a negative thing but but we 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 didn't want to do the same as
0: everybody else sure
3: Mm -hmm. yeah so 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 we start to bounce the idea and, and, and after a couple of months we, we, we came up with the, with the idea that you know since the travel and the concerts are more or less locked down we're going to combine these two and, and, and start to go around Finland with bands and play concerts and record the concerts on weird locations in, in middle country Finland and stream those as a recording outside to 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 the to the rest of the world and uh, it's been super fun it's it's been so nice you know after all the all the shit that went through on on, on springtime and on the summertime it, it, you know suddenly when the, when the, we took the whole circus out and, and went to the forest to you know do the do the recordings it was just from the director to the band to the whole crew everybody were just so thrilled to do something and um, the, all the energy is is inside on on the episode I, I just love it it's, it's, it's amazing it includes 45 minutes concert from the band and then there is approximately like 15 minutes insert on on the travel and is hosted by Sami albana from um Lost Society uh, he's a great person so energy positive and he's he's you know taking the roots giving the roots of, of of the place and uh what's the link between the band and the place and the location you know and give the a story behind that and, and then there's a interview also with the band it's it's, it's super cool it's, it's something that nobody has done before and and I think you know it's just a Cool way to to explore Finland now when the lockdown is is still going on. So so you can you can have a glimpse you know what's happening in Finland and some some weird thing you know that that has, has in here. And then we have the great great Finnish metal bands that are performing on on the series. It's 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 been great it's been great to do. And uh, to be honest, we haven't recharged our batteries. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you have you have found other creative outlets so that's also amazing and is also something that that has been happening around the world as well more so in the music industry that needs um any uh, other source of income right now yeah right
3: yeah exactly and for the bands too you know bands cannot do do shows they can tour around finland with a cut down capacity you know 1000 capacity club you can sell like 150 200 tickets so it's it's, it's not financially good thing but our mental health is good for the audience that they can come to the show see their bands performing a couple of shows per day but it's exhausting of course for the bands you know to do a lot of like many shows on the same same day to get approximately the same amount of people that you would have just with, with one show so with with Tuska Utopia, we can we can give also the bands the chance, you know, to to play for the for the international audience.
0: Yeah, and grow their fan base even more. That's really cool. And it's also just starting right um, this month. Uh, no, well, actually tomorrow, as you just said, um, the first ever episode of Tuska Utopia is airing with uh, Turmion Ketilot uh, performing. Um, and then next week, it's Battle Beast. The week after is uh, Apocalyptica. And that's only the first season of Two Sky Utopia, as you have announced. Can you tell us what is in the workings? What can you reveal reveal already about uh, season two? What places will you take us to? What bands will we see?
3: Buy tickets and we will tell you. <laughs> 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 of course, we wanted to see these first three episodes how, how it's gonna be but but there are a bunch of bands on the line who want to you know be already on this first season with us so so there there is a there is a good potential on on the lineups and our crew were having a trip to the Lapland last week they they were our our designer and our producer were taking out 12 locations around northern finland last week and i, I would say we would get a couple of like, like three new locations for the next season we, we found from from that trip because of course there is an artistic idea you know to this location it's just super good for this and that band but then on, on the location might be some problems you know how, how, how to do it you know it's, it's not impossible to to, to shoot it or, or you know to make the production there so so that's why we scout like more places than 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 we you know like 12 and probably then we can have the next three from that from that series but yeah yeah we're looking looking forward but of course we need to see you know how, how the things are are starting with the with the first season. The, the production is, is quite huge. You know, it's, it's money-wise, it's basically the same thing with one episode that, that we would do an ice-hole show. So on the streaming concept, people buy tickets one hour before the premiere. Oh, really? Yeah. And <laughs> so we are now on the position that tomorrow there's going to be uh, our first first premiere and uh, still we don't know you know how we're how we gonna go which is it's which is weird that that on the other hand if you would do a like ice hole concert it would be pretty scary moment that you would you know do the whole thing and have the band on stage but then you would need to sell all the tickets from the door <laughs> so basically it, it, it it's it is how it this thing goes so this is the first first time that we are doing it so so it's it's cool to see see the results and how people react to it and and of course then we can make the decisions for for the next season about like like what people like what they probably didn't Mm -hmm. like and stuff like that but we are so so happy ourselves you know how the result is it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing i i say this to my as an open heart, I say that you, you should, you should watch it. It's, it's super cool.
0: Yes. I look forward to watching it a lot. Is there anything else you would like to say about, uh, Tuska Utopia? I,
3: I, I would, I would think that you you say that probably Ben can, you know, find new fans out of it. I, I would gladly see that, you know, as a result of, of what we are doing. Cause, um, you know, there, there there could be some crossover audience that if you want to explore Finland as a weirdness, you you are thinking, you know, you you want to move into Finland, you wanted to see something, you know, what are the what, what's happening in here? So I think this is a good good time, you know, for the bands and to us to you know show what Finland's about and and that's something that I'm really sort of a proud of cuz the bands now are from here all the technical crew is from here the host is from here you know everything that that our partners are local but then we are doing the whole thing as a international international program so so in that sense I'm really really excited cuz every every time you know when you are doing something international is something that you of course on then you need to be proud of, you know, the, the country that you're flagging on, on the program. So I feel really good about that.
0: That's cool. Um, are you getting maybe uh, some support from, I don't know, the Finnish government or something? Because you are promoting your country, as you said, worldwide, pretty strongly.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with the, there was some help from the Visit Finland. And and we've been we've been talking with a lot of uh, authorities on Finland about this and, and we got some funds for the starting uh, during the summer because of the pandemic, you know, to start to build on the concept. So, so we got some funds for that and we are really, of course, glad about that. And also the Finland is really glad that, you know, if you give some funds to some organization that otherwise would be just like close their door for one year. So, so this is something that, that came up with the, with the, you know, effort of them. So, so I think that, you know, the train goes on the both directions. <laughs> I don't know, is that an expression in Finland, but in, in English, but in Finland it is. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, talking about expressions, uh, if you're already going to take us to see Finland and listen to Finnish uh, musicians, can you also teach us some Finnish?
3: <laughs> I would say Turmionkätilöt ensi ilta huomenna. Kannattaa katsoa. It means premiere is tomorrow. Better watch it. Oh, that's perfect.
0: That's a great ending. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I hope uh, we will be able to meet again in 2021. As you mentioned before, the uh, lineup for the f- real festival next year is great. It has Korn, Deftones, Devin Townsend, Ginger, Elevati, Beast in Black, and many, many more, Beelzebub's, which who we also mentioned as well. So... um People can look forward to that if they kept their tickets and otherwise get their tickets for next year so that we can hopefully also all meet again physically and not only digitally. But it has been really great to talk to you. Um, Thank you so much for your time.
3: Thank you. And hopefully we're going to see you also in 2021 at Tuska. Thanks, Kiki.